you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. So let's uh, go ahead and open your Bibles again over to Mark chapter 4. We're going to pick up another couple of verses today in this parable. So for those of you that are newer, we've been just over, we've been, we've been going through the Gospels and looking at various passages all summer, but uh, the last few weeks we've been talking about the parable that, uh, that we usually call the sower sows the word. It's a parable that Jesus taught uh, about how God's word is planted into our hearts by the Lord and how it's actually the condition of our heart that determines how much that word will produce in us. And last week, if you weren't here, I'd really encourage you, even if it's not your habit, to get that, either listen to the podcast, go to our website, rmcmchurch.org. You can get the the podcast or you can watch it on YouTube, whatever you like. Uh, But we talked about the subject of never underestimate the power of a seed. The power of a seed that's planted in your life for good or for bad. The power, and Jesus tells us in this parable that words are seeds. So the things we're listening to, looking at, connecting with, those are seeds. They're going into our hearts. They're producing something for good or for bad. And uh, so anyway, never underestimate the power of seed coming in or the power of seed that you're planting in other people's lives. And so I'd really encourage you to get that. We kind of stepped aside from going through these verses and and just talked about that. But this morning, I want to begin in uh, verse 16 of Mark chapter 4. And if you don't have your Bible with you, you can look on with somebody else or just listen. I I definitely do not. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures that are not going to be up on the screen uh, I do that somewhat on purpose because I want you to know where these are in your Bibles. But, you know, if, if you may want to just take a couple of notes, write some of the things we touch on down so you can look at them later on. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 16, now I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. This is the second type of soil, which is talking about the condition of our heart. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And, and in the previous verses, he talked about us having a hard heart, which when when people with a hard heart hear the word, uh, he he compared it to seed just laying up on top of hard soil. And he said the birds of the air, representing Satan, will just come along and steal it. They'll just come and, you know, if you throw seed out on the pavement, birds will come and eat it. We all get that, okay? And And so that's what happens when the seed can't make any progress, right, into the soil to begin to germinate and produce something. And so we discuss that kind of soil. Now, this is the second kind of soil, and it's just a little bit better than the first. And uh, And again, I believe all four of the types of heart condition that Jesus talks about here, I believe we can have all four of those personally in our heart in different areas. There are areas we're really open to God, and other areas we're not so open to God. We kind of want to do our own thing. And so so all of this applies to us. But here in verse 16, again, I'm reading here from the Amplified Bible. I want you to really notice what's said here. Jesus says, in the same way, the ones sown upon what he calls stony ground. So you can picture that. It's it's one of two things. They have both have the same result. It's either soil that has a lot of rocks in it, 
Okay, so some places are soil and seed can work there. Some places are rock and seed can't work there. Or um, some, some translators believe there are places in Israel apparently where there's like a layer of rock, a uh, continuous layer, just down a little ways under the soil. So the seed can begin to progress, but then it hits that rock. One way or another, it hits that rock. And uh, it can't go any deeper, essentially. It can't really produce because of that. So he says, these are the ones that are sown upon stony ground. Are those, uh, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept it and welcome it with joy. So that's good. We said that when we hear the word, the first thing we need to do is receive it and welcome it. Okay, so they, so they do that. They're even excited about it. They welcome it with joy. And then uh, it says, and or but, they have no root in themselves. Now, I want you to notice those words because we're going to read this same parable from Matthew's account, and he says it a little differently. But this one, in this account, Mark says, they have no root in themselves. Who's they? It's the hearer has no root in themselves, okay? And so they, the hearer, endure for a little while, Then when trouble or persecution arises, I want you to notice the next few words. On account of the word, trouble or persecution comes into the life on account of the word. Or some of your translations say, for the word's sake. Trouble or persecution comes into the life for the word's sake, meaning to take the word out of your heart. I'm not even sure we'll get this far today in this, but one of the main, I may not get a second chance at you next week. So one of the main ideas here that we can grasp is why trouble, trouble, tribulation, affliction, problems, worries, cares, uh, persecution, those kinds of things. Why do they come into the life? The answer is to take the word out of your heart. This is the activity of the thief, not the activity of God. Well, why would I think it's the activity of God? Because about two-thirds of Christianity believes that when trouble comes into their life, it's God trying to teach them something, trying to get their attention. Oh, God, you know, we hear it all the time, you know. Well, God had to take me clear to the bottom before he could bring me up. No, no, no. You went clear to the bottom. God was probably reaching his hand out all the way down and you finally looked up and grabbed hold. I've been there, okay? I'm not just saying this to you, okay? I'm not being critical. This is the truth. No, no, no. God was trying to reach to you the whole time. All right, persecution and affliction, and trouble, it comes in. Jesus said, it comes in on account of the word. Now, I don't think we'll get this far this week, but if because uh, I don't think I'll have time to do it justice today. So I think I'm just going to do the first part of this. But I'm going to take you through some of the primary passages that people use to try to teach us that trouble comes into our life to train us, to mature us, for all those kinds of things. I'm going to take you through those. I'm going to show you what they say in the original language. Okay. But for right now, let's just finish reading this verse if we can. 
Okay, so they endure for a little while. When trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, everybody get that? They immediately, the people, the hearers, are offended. They become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and follow, fall away. Okay, we'll talk about why that happens in just a second here. Now, Matthew, in, in uh, chapter 13, he, he writes his account of this teaching of Jesus. Okay, and he says it just a little differently, and it's really important that we get all of this. So Matthew in chapter 13, I don't have it on your screen. You can turn there. You can just write it down, look at it later. Uh, Beginning in verse 20, it says, As for what was sown on thin, rocky soil, this is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy. So again, that's, that's a good place to start. Yet it has no root in him. So Mark said, they have, the hearer has no root in themselves. Matthew brings out, the word has no root in them or is unable to put down a root in them. Those are two slightly different ideas and we're going we're gonna to talk about. They're both true. These are, these are the kind of places where we go, well, which one is it, Jesus? And the answer is both and, okay? These are both, these are parallel truths about how stony-heartedness, having, having some good soil and some bad soil and some, you know, these different things work in our lives, parallel truths, okay? And, and so we're going to look at, at both of them. He's, Matthew says, yet it, the word, has no real root in him, but is temporary, inconstant, lasts but a little while, okay? Now, we'll just say right away, the word, we know this from lots of other scriptures, the word itself isn't inconstant, okay? The word itself is eternal, right? The word of God is eternal. We know that it always carries the power to reproduce itself. We know Jesus said it's like seed. It carries the life of God. It carries his DNA. We've, you know, we studied that in past weeks. Um, So what he's talking about is this word that comes into this heart because of the condition of the heart it doesn't have the ability to put down a root, so it doesn't fully produce. It can't fully produce. You can imagine if you plant something in really shallow soil, or even, you know, I mean, these baskets that we love to get every year and, and uh, hang outside the church. I love the baskets, the baskets of flowers. I mean, like up at Crested Butte and different places, you know, you get these massive baskets. I've always loved those. Anyway, um, almost invariably when she gets them, Karen immediately repots those into more soil because they're root bound. There's too much you can tell. You put water on them, it just goes right through. There's nothing to hold it. And, and so it's just a, a thing with plants that they need room to put down a good root system, right? And so he says, the word is unable to produce a good root in this person. It's temporary. It lasts but a little while. And he says the same thing. When affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, at once he is caused to stumble. He is, this is the same term, it's just broken out a little bit differently here. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey. Okay, so just one more time. Mark said, the hearer has no root within himself. All right, so what's, what's that about? That, we can be people 
who develop a habit and a lifestyle where when we find truth or we hear truth, we choose to do what it takes to put roots down in that truth. We, we spend time with it. We, we, when God speaks something to our hearts, shows us, you know, highlights a scripture to us, we spend time on that, that scripture where we spend time on what the Lord is saying to us. We might, we might write it down. We might carry it around with us. We'll revolve it in our mind during the day. That's what the Bible calls meditating the word. We'll think about it. We'll pray about it. We'll ask God about it. We'll talk to other people about it. We'll listen to other teaching on it. We will do some study. We will, we will look into that because we believe there's a lot of life in that verse for us. That's why God is, is speaking it to us. And, and in that process, we put roots down in that word, okay? This is, this is talking about a person who has, number one, an emotional response to the word, but nothing beyond that. They receive it with joy. They're excited about it, but as soon as they go away, trouble comes into their life, they forget about it. They move on, okay? They move to the next thing. This is a person who has never learned how to put down roots, probably in anything. And this is becoming more and more and more prevalent in our culture. We we move all the time. We, we go to one thing, then another. In fact, if something takes very long, there must be something wrong. If, if it takes very long, if I can't get it right away, you know, if I can't Google it and get the answer right now, if I can't uh, find it right now, if I can't go to the store and get it now, you know, if, if uh, Amazon no longer does two-day delivery for free, bummer, you know, I mean, it's what we're all paying for, isn't it? Anyway, uh, you know, all of those types of things, more and more and more, we are this inconstant people. Okay, and we're going to talk about what that looks like here in just a minute. But he says, you know, this is not a person who has learned how to establish roots in the truth that they hear. Their habit, they have not developed a lifestyle that is consistent with putting down roots. And that's probably across their life. Okay, that's probably not just about the Word of God. Okay, they're not really giving place to it. So they hear the Word. Wow, that was good. Man, I needed that. But they walk out the door and they get a text telling them about a problem at home or a problem at work or, or somebody isn't nice to them on the way out the door or whatever it is, you know, somebody cuts them off in the terrible traffic that we have here in the Gunnison Valley. You know, I mean, uh, so, somebody takes their parking space at City Market. You know, whatever it is, okay, something comes into their life and they let that go. They, they move on. They get into a fence. And, and it's, it's interesting because if you look at this progression, Mark says they immediately are offended it's described by the Amplified Bible as they become displeased, indignant, and resentful. And then they stumble and they fall away. Uh, in Matthew's version, they're repelled. And as that happens, what the result of that is, they begin to distrust. And the result of distrust in the Lord is they desert, not the good kind of desert that we're going to have after church, but they desert, they walk away from the, from the Lord. And, and that's the one they ought to be trusting and obeying. Now, why? One of the reasons, at least, that we might do that 
is because we, again, we have this rootless thing going on in our hearts to where we expect instant results. We don't expect any trouble. In fact, I don't know how we've gotten here, but we have a whole segment of society that has been taught that life should be without trouble. It should be without difficulty. Nothing, nothing worthwhile should be hard to do or hard to get. It should be easy, you know, and, and we shouldn't, there shouldn't be trouble that comes in. Well, that's not real life. That is not real life. And, and so, you know, it might be, that's not even Hollywood life, but it always works out in Hollywood. Anyway, it's, it's not real. And so when something comes in, okay, they get, usually they get upset with God that, hey, I thought you said this. Here, I was walking along doing everything, you know, doing everything right, you know, and, and this didn't work out or this happened or this, you know, this terrible thing came into my life and they get upset with God. That's where they begin to get resentful, get indignant. About what? About the Lord. Because they don't realize they're in a seed time and harvest process. And there are going to be things that come to try and steal that word. And it's our job to scare those birds off. It's our job. We have authority over that devil that comes to steal that word out of your heart. And the fruit of the Spirit in our life, the nature of God, peace, patience, love, mercy, grace, all of those things that he works in us, those will actually deal with most of those situations that we get into where we get upset with somebody. We get upset about our work. We get upset about this. You got to watch that because it will, those things that will try to steal that word that you heard that had the ability to produce good things. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So, so the first person is a person who just doesn't have that um, lifestyle of putting down roots and things. And there's a good chance that they bounce from thing to thing to thing. Again, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. Matthew says the word has no root. Jesus talked in other places about the word, his words finding no room and couldn't make progress in people's hearts. And many times that was because of their theology, because of their belief, because they were trying to hold on to something that they shouldn't have been uh, holding on to, okay? But those are, those are two parallel truths. Either one can be uh, working in our life. Uh, the, Jesus talks about us abiding in his word and his word abiding in us. So we need to be putting, we need to learn how to put down roots in the truth that we hear. And we need to allow the truth to put down roots in us. And that means when roots go into soil, they displace somewhat, right? They, di- they have to often displace some things. So basically, this, this type of soil, let me just give you a few, few ideas, a few synonyms here. And again, I'm not, this is not, I'm not saying these things to be critical of any of us. We want to we realize if we've got places in our life that are rocky soil, we want to get rid of them. And the Lord's there to help you get rid of them. He's the gardener, okay? He's good at this. And so this isn't to put us down or whatever, but so this would be kind of a transient lifestyle or a transient uh, attitude toward the word. It'd be sort of a shallow uh, approach to the Word of God. We we like to get we like to make it to make us happy and make us feel a little better, but we don't really go any deeper than that. This would be a lifestyle where we're easily pushed off of truth that we've heard. It's just easy for the devil to come along with something else coming into our life, and right away 
we're, we're just pushed off. We're back into our emotions. We're back into fear or anger or offense or whatever it might be, okay? This could be an apathetic um, attitude toward the word. You know, we like the word and we like Jesus, but it's just kind of, you know, we, we come to him once in a while. We, we could be pretty apathetic. We could be disinterested. We could be distracted, okay? They're, they're just, bottom line, this person has never developed the character traits, and again, the Lord helps us do this, of resiliency, becoming a resilient person. Something can push against us. We don't give up. We don't quit. We don't change. Okay? We don't enjoy it, but we don't change. I'm not letting go of what the Lord has put in my heart. I'm going to be resilient. Can go through some stuff and not be totally shaken. Okay? We can develop that tenacity. means pretty much the same thing. I'm tenacious. Hang on to things. All right? I don't let go. It's not easy for the devil to take the word out of your heart simply by bringing trouble, affliction, pressure, stress, persecution, fear, whatever into your life. Okay, my mom used to call this stick to My computer says that's not a word, but it is. <laughs> stick to okay? And she used to tell us that, develop stick to You don't get to quit right away. You don't get to give up right away. You don't sign up for something. Okay, and then a month into it, you decide, oh, I don't want to do that anymore and go to something else that they already paid for. No, 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 you, you will stick to it. Then if you want to change next semester, go ahead, but you're going to stick to what you decided to do. Does this make sense to you? Those are good characteristics to build. Let me just give you a short list here of other places. We're not going to look at these verses but other places where the scripture talks about this whole idea, it'll use words like being established, being grounded, being planted. Those, those types of words are what we would look for. So in Ephesians 3.17, it tells us to be established in the love of God. And it says there, by being established in the love of God, we end up experiencing the fullness of his nature, the fullness, it says, of, of the Godhead in the Amplified, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, by being established in love. Colossians 2.7 tells us to have the roots of our being firmly planted in Christ. That's a good picture. The roots of my being firmly planted in Christ. Psalm 92 tells us about the power of being planted in the church. Verses 12 through 15, powerful verses about being planted in God's, in the gathering of God's people. And it, it says those people will flourish, though, you know, and, and it's all because they've chosen to be planted uh, in the church. Again, Jesus talks about abiding in him, having his word abide in us. Psalm 1 talks about the person who meditates the word day and night, it says that it's like they're planted by streams of water that will just feed them and feed them and feed them. Jeremiah 17, actually, let's look at this one. Jeremiah 17, if you have your Bible there. This is very similar to Psalm 1, but I just love the way uh, it, it's written here. This is Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning in verse 7. It says, Most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. 
And at verse 8, it says, For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river, and it shall not see and fear when heat comes. So it doesn't say there will never be heat, but it says when heat comes, when pressure comes, when trials come, when trouble comes, it's not, it will see it, but it's not going to fear. Okay, why? Because its roots are down by the river. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fear. But its leaf shall be green. All right? We see, you know, because we see times of drought and everything. Man, you can always tell. And in New Mexico, this was huge. could always tell where there's a little spring because everything's brown and there's a green stripe. You know, there's green living stuff. Why? Because it's there by that little trickle of water. It, it, it's awesome. Okay? Its leaf shall be green. It shall not be anxious and full of care. Where would you hear that earlier today? In the year of drought, nor shall it cease yielding fruit. In the year of drought. Okay, so it's not that, okay, put down your roots in Jesus. You'll never have another problem. That's not what it says. It says when drought comes, you'll still be fed. Your leaf will still be green. You'll bear fruit, which means you get to feed other people. Okay, means you get to sow and plant into other people. You provide something for other people. Where did you hear that earlier today? Okay. Um, if you don't know, you heard that during the offering. It wasn't a trick question, really. All right, so there's, there's a twofold purpose to roots. Number one is they're a source of feeding, right? They draw nutrients out of the ground. They draw water up into the tree or the plant or whatever it is. They're a source of feeding. So when we put down roots in the Lord or his word puts, puts down roots in us, there's a, there's a feeding of our being that goes on. Uh, when that happens. And secondly, they hold the plant, or I'm, I'm thinking of a tree, firm. They hold it through storms. They hold it through wind. Okay, they hold it firm and upright. That thing doesn't move when a storm comes. It's resilient, okay? We we were out skiing, cross-country skiing up, at, up in uh, Washington Gulch. I think it was two winters ago, Barb and Karen and I. And, and we'd gone up and we were starting back and we'd had some really big winds in the fall, and there was a massive pine tree right beside the trail that had gone down, huge. And and the roots, you know, had come up because it was laying out this way. And I went, I we have some pictures somewhere, and that it was at least twelve or more feet of roots this way and this way, massive roots, but they were shallow. They hadn't gone deep. They'd just gone out. They were shallow. They were shallow in the soil. And that thing blew down. A whole bunch of other ones around it didn't. But it was, you know, they were big roots, but they didn't go deep. We got to go deep. You know, we don't don't have to struggle about it. It's just we got to go deep. And we got to let the word go deep in us. If we just hear it, love it, enjoy it, and then boom, we let it get taken away, we're we're just going to get blown down by every storm that comes through our lives. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Um, so how do we develop roots? Well, it, it's kind of simple. Um, Jesus said in the same chapter in Mark uh, 4, 25, 24 and 25, sorry, Mark 4, 24 and 25, this again is the Amplified. He says, he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. So that's number one. Okay. Proverbs four twenty three. guard your heart with all vigilance for out of it 
are the issues of life. And then it goes on in Proverbs and tells us how to do that. Watch the words that you're hearing. Watch things that you're saying. You know, it tells us how to do that. But the idea is, number one, recognize, we said this last week, never underestimate the power of a seed, never underestimate the preciousness of your heart. You can't take everything into your heart because the same good soil that will produce fruit from God's word will also produce fruit from negative things. Good soil will produce. It'll produce weeds or it'll produce a great crop. Depends on what you put in it and how you take care of it. So the first thing, Jesus said, be careful, be watchful over what you hear. Pay attention. Some, some of the translations say to what you're hearing. What are you listening to? What are you watching? It is making a difference in your life. For some reason, we've gotten this arrogant idea that we can just, hey, we're Americans. We can just do whatever we want. We can watch whatever we want. We can listen to whatever we want. We can connect with whoever we want. And my life won't be affected. That is just not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really not. But that is just not the way God designed us to work. Okay? So be careful what you're hearing. And he says, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue, that word means power, and knowledge that comes back to you. The measure of thought and study you give. Well, I just think the Lord will just do it all. Well, he won't. He's not abandoning you, but this is your responsibility. We do have responsibility in this covenant relationship. God has made it available. He paid the price for our sin. Jesus died for us to bring us into eternal life, but we still have some responsibility. This idea, religious idea, God's in control. If he just wants it to happen, it'll just happen. That is not true, and the Bible doesn't teach that. I know it's taught a lot, but the Bible doesn't teach that. Anyway, I don't have time to get off on that. Maybe next week. So the amount of attention, just just thought, you know, just study. It doesn't have to be so hard, but when we hear the truth, we should value it. We should give ourselves to it, okay? The amount we give to the truth, all right, that'll be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And then, this is where the Lord does step in, more besides will be given to those who hear, okay? So so it's like, all right, I hear, I see, you know, the Lord is showing me something. I give my attention to it. I choose to think about it. I ask the Lord to speak more to me. He will multiply that little bit of effort that we put in. But if you don't put any of the effort in, this is interesting. He says, for him who has, more will be given. It'll be multiplied. From him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. Well, it's not God who takes it away by force. Who's the one throughout this whole parable that comes in to steal the word out of your heart? It's the devil will come and steal the word if you don't do something with it. So we want to hear, we want to value, we want to think about, and we want to apply. And that word will be yours and it will produce in your life. Can you say amen? All right. So we are going to wrap this up. I just want to give you, uh, here's what rootless living looks like. And again, I'm not saying this to criticize any of us or to put us down. I want to know this stuff. If I have places where I'm living a rootless lifestyle, I want the Lord to show it to me because I want to get rid of it. And I know he'll, he'll help me. I know it can be better. So what does it look like? All right. The rootless person moves whenever they become uncomfortable. Whenever life becomes uncomfortable, they change jobs or communities 
or friendships or churches or whatever it might be. Okay, as soon as it becomes uncomfortable, moving on. The grass is always greener. Okay, I love that meme that's out there now that says the grass is actually greener where you water it. But, but anyway, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's always going to be easier to just float downstream than it is to stand your ground. That's the way it is. But we're here to stand our ground and take more. Okay, and that's, that's what we need to do. So we don't want to just go with the flow. It's not a good way to live. All right. The rootless person has never decided that it's okay to be sure about what they believe. They lack confidence in themselves, I think, more than the Lord a lot of times. But once God has shown something to you, hold on to it. Attach yourself to it. Put roots down in it. If he develops that and shows you something more about it, that's fine. But you want to be careful of your sources. Okay? And, and so... They've kind of adopted that cultural belief that all ideas are of equal value. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. Well, that's not true. Truth is truth. Okay, and we want to let it put roots down in us. We want to put roots down in it. Okay, so we always want to have an open heart toward God because all of us are growing in our understanding of him. No question about it. But we want to be sure we're on you know, the same track and, and continuing to grow in what he actually says in his word and in his nature. Does that make sense? Okay. Rootless people allow their feelings to be the ultimate guide for their life instead of the word of God. If I don't feel good about it or if I, if I feel like I want to do this, then I should be able to do it. If I feel like this is the way it is, then, then that's the way it is. Well, no, our feelings are... are <laughs> for all of us, our feelings lie to us at times, okay? We got to stick with truth, okay? Um, we, we don't, that's, feelings are not a good guide for choices. And sometimes you have to stand through not feeling good about something, not being as happy as you want to be, whatever it is, to stick with the truth, stick to itiveness. Don't ever forget that word. It's very important. My mother will be proud of you. Okay. Rootless people fear criticism or disappointing others more than they more than pleasing God. There's a there's a high, higher value on pleasing people and having people happy with them. And for some of us, we just grew up that way. The Lord can work you through that. Some of us just grew up with a real sense of, usually it's insecurity about ourselves. We just want people to like us. And the truth is, you know, not everybody's going to like you, but a lot of people will. But they're going to, uh, I think they're going to have a lot more respect for you if you're standing in what you know to be true. So sometimes they'll compromise their convictions. And we see this, that's the whole strategy out there on the internet right now, is if I can criticize you, I can call you names, I can say things that are untrue about you, I'll get you to back off of what you're uh, believing and what your convictions are. I can at least silence you so I can throw my convictions. I mean, we live in this age where there's this constant criticism and demeaning of people if you spend any time online. Well, don't, you know, I, I'm not sure why you care what they think. Um, you know, you just stand on what the Lord says. Does that mean? No. Okay, I just had to ask myself if I was being okay there. All right. So if you find yourself changing jobs, communities, churches, relationships, one after the other, after the other, after the other, probably there's a rooted, 
a, a problem with rootedness in your life. You haven't learned how to stay when it becomes uncomfortable. I believe a part of the reason that God has called us to gather as the church, and he has, <clears throat> is because we need, in order to mature, we need to be with people that rub us the wrong way. I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's part of the deal. And I think that if all you ever do is gather with, with your group that all agrees with you and we're all happy and, and we all have the same idea and we, we're all happy, uh, I think you'll never really mature. I think a part of being in church and a part of the reason God puts us together is so we can learn how to have a disagreement and get over it. Okay? We can learn how to just love people that we don't necessarily like that much. Oh no, that's not, we all like each other. No, no, sometimes we love that person and we love them deeply and we care about them, but we're not best friends. We're not gonna be best friends. We don't see everything the same way. That's okay. I think that's a part of the maturing process. And I believe that's why God calls us to be a group of diverse people. We're centered around Jesus and around his word. We have the most important thing in agreement. But all of our other little stuff of life, we look past that to love one another and communicate with one another and build one another up on that basis. Does that make sense? Uh, so I, I think it's part of the deal. So if you find yourself changing every time it gets uncomfortable, you need to take a look at that. All right. Um, oh, darn it. Don't look at your clocks. I'm not going to look at my wife. You want me to finish this? Or you want me to come back next? Week? Okay. All right. I don't have a lot more. I'm not going to another slide. All right. A lot of uh, rootless people, they live with a, na- this is sad. They live with a nagging feeling of uncertainty and foreboding about themselves in the future. Just a, just a continual anxiety and uncertainty because they're not rooted in every, anything. They're moving around. They don't know where they belong. They don't know who they are. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 66 and 67. All right, you can look this up another time. It's the chapter that tells us about the blessing of walking with God and the curse of not walking with God, the curse of the law, blessing of the law, okay? It says, this is, this is under the curse of the law, your life shall hang in doubt before you day and night. You shall be worried. You shall have no assurance of your life. In the morning, you'll say, would that it were evening. I just wish this day was over, right? And at the evening, you'll say, would that it were morning. I just wish this night was over, right? Because of the anxiety and the dread of your minds and hearts and the sights, which you shall see with your own eyes. That is under the curse of the law. And that is a symptom of being a rootless person, okay? God has something better for you than that. God has something better for you than that, all right? I'll give this real quick. The rooted person is intentional about putting down deep roots in their relationship with God and his word, okay? They'll change or move forward to new truth when it comes from the Lord, but they are careful about their sources. The rooted person will stay when God says stay and move when God says move, okay? That's how a rooted person lives. They will take time through prayer, counsel, and scripture to be certain that they're hearing from God. Two passages, Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. It's where God goes for 
All those verses, we've looked at them many times, saying the presence of God came down on the tabernacle in Israel. And when the presence stayed, they stayed. And when it moved, they moved. And when it stayed for many days, they stayed for many days. And when it moved, they moved. And when it only stayed overnight, they stayed overnight. But then they moved. I mean, he just repeats it, drilling it into our brains. (laughs) Stay where the presence is. Move when God moves, okay? And then First Kings 17 talks about Elisha and how the Lord led him here and fed him and then moved him and fed him and, and just took care of him, okay? The rooted person, I got three more and I'm done. Rooted person has an unexplainable sense of peace in the face of the storms of life. I think Jeremiah 17 said that well. In the face of the storms of life and changing times, it is an unexplainable peace in the heart. Even when you look around and everything's nuts, you still have a peace in your heart. It's not apathy. It's just peace. Okay. The rooted person is not moved by changing times, changing opinions. The rooted person stands firm through the storm and is therefore still standing when the storm has passed. Did you get anything out of this today? All right. Thank you for the extra few minutes. Let's stand up and pray together. I'm not doing very well. I'm getting done by 10 to 11. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's right. I just started on next week. We were done. All right, let's just pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe, Lord, with every one of us in this room and those with us out there online, Father, we are here because we want to grow in you. We are here because we value you. We value the relationship we had with you and the amazing eternal life that you have given to us as a free gift. And we want to grow and we want to produce fruit and we want to touch other people's lives. We want to make our community better, Lord God. We want to make our world better. And so, Father, we invite you, if there are places in our hearts that are stony ground, Holy Spirit, please help us to pick that rock. Help us to dig it up. We want every part of our life to be good ground. We trust you to bring us to that point, stage by stage. We know you are on our side. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay, guys. So there is a cake out there for Patty. Well, it's for all of us. But it is Patty's uh, last Sunday with us. She is moving to Texas. And so be sure to give her your love. Make her cry. I think, she, I think we're working on it. Make her cry. She needs to cry. But there's a cake out there. And uh, we just want you to know what a blessing you've been. And we love you to pieces. And we look forward to your visiting. But we believe God's blessing is all over this move for you. So I guess we'll let you go. Okay. All right. Let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin. And the world, we will be dismissed. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. If you need prayer, come on up. Love to pray for you. You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org.